Well, I hope you're enjoying Next Generation Sunday. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. All stories are special, but this story is the oldest story of them all. And it's a story in which you and I both get to play a part. I've called this the story of the four promises. Now, the purpose of Next Generation Sunday is for us to stop and pause and think about all the ways throughout history that God has caused situations and circumstances all to lead up to the fact that we now are part of a family here at Gateway Church. Now, the thing about this story is that it starts at the end and then it goes to the beginning and the beginning explains the end. You got it? Good. Okay. Now, remember I said this is the story of the four promises. So we're starting with the fourth promise in the story. It's in Matthew 16, verse 13. And what's happening here is that Jesus is talking to his mates, the 12 disciples, and he's just asked them a very important question. Let's see what happens. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Okay, now let's go back to the start all the way back to the start, when God created the first humans, Adam and Eve. Now, what did, why did God create Adam and Eve? Or why did he create you and me? Or for that matter, why did he create anyone? Well, the answer lies in the story of the four promises. It start, starts right at the beginning with a God who is love. That means that everything that he says or does is an expression and an act of love, especially for his people, and that includes us. So right at the start, we've got this God who is so loving that this love kind of just spills out and overflows, and he decides to create other people to love and who will love him. And so God creates Adam and Eve, and he loves them, and he looks after them, and he makes them an offer. He says, because I love you, and because I want to create a beautiful world where lots of other people can come to know me and be in relationship with me, we've got work to do. So I want you, Adam and Eve, to come and work with me and help me to make this world beautiful and invite other people in to become part of this family so that I can love them and you can love me and you can all love each other. But we know what happens. Eventually, Adam and Eve decide that rather than work with God, they want to work their own way and they eat fruit from a tree that they were told not to and they break their relationship with God. Now, if you or I were God, how might you respond to this? I don't know about you, but I might say, okay, you made your choice, you go your way, I'll go my way, good luck. But remember what I said about God earlier, he's a God of love and love decides to keep things together and fix what is broken. And so God decides that whatever Adam and Eve decide to do in their lives, or whatever any of us decide to do, he's going to do whatever's necessary to keep his family together. And so he makes promises to his people to prove this. Now, 
God is always making promises. He promises to love us and to protect us and to never leave us. But I said this is the story of the four promises. And so four promises is what you're going to get. Promise number one is the Abraham promise. Now, this one is pretty amazing, and it includes all of us. Because a little while after Adam and Eve, God calls a man named Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I want to continue my plan to grow my family through you. So I want you and your family to move to a foreign land and settle down there so that I can do this. And this is my promise to you. Because I love you, I am going to build my family, all the people that I love forever through you, generation after generation. And that's just what he has done all the way to today, including you and me into his family. Promise number two is the Moses promise. Now, ever since he was a baby, God had his eye on Moses and was going to use Moses to demonstrate his great love for his people, Israel. So God rescues Israel from slavery and he parts the Red Sea so that they can escape to a new country that he's prepared for them. And at the start of their journey towards this new homeland, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments for Israel. And he says, these commandments, they're my gift to you because... I am your father, and I love you, and I know what you need, so I'm going to give you these laws to help you to live right. And here's my promise. Because I love you, I'm now going to continue my plan to grow my family through you, Israel, generation after generation. But here's the problem. We're all just like Adam and Eve, and we all just want to do things our own way rather than following God's way. And so the people of Israel completely ignore Moses, and instead of loving God as their father, they made all sorts of idols to love instead. And they complained to God. They said, why did you even free us from Egypt? At least we had fresh cucumbers back there. But remember, he is a God of love. He loves his people, and even though he is heartbroken by his people's attitude, he doesn't forget or break his promise. And that brings us to promise number three. Now, this promise was made to a king called David. By this time, Israel was a mighty nation, and David was asked to rule over this nation and to help Israel to love God and to work with him in inviting others into his family. And God promises David that one day one of his great-great-grandsons would come and bring peace and justice and love to the whole earth. Now, that person would, of course, be Jesus. And Jesus would love and protect people like God had always intended and be the perfect king for God's people to follow. Now, why have I told you these first three promises? Well, it's easy. It's because you can see that from the very first day of creation, God had a plan. And that plan is to bring his people, Gateway Church and everyone else who loves him in the whole world, into his family so that he can love us and he can be our God. And it doesn't matter how many times we break our promise, generation after generation, he always remembers his promises. He's done that for thousands and thousands of years through all of history. And because he always has, when he says that he'll keep on loving us and growing his family, we can believe it to be true because we know he will. So here we are at promise number four. 
Jesus is speaking to Peter and he makes a huge promise. And this one is for all of us. He says that because you recognize me as Jesus, as God's son, let me tell you, Peter, who you are. You're a rock that I can build on. And so I'm going to build my family now on you and on others like you who choose to say yes to me. And sin and death and disease and war and evil will never, ever, ever be able to stop that. So that means that you're five years old or 105 years old. This promise of God to always build his church and show his people love and protection throughout all the generations is for you and your children and their children. Generation after generation, God has always made a way for his people and made a way to show his people love. And because Jesus promised Peter that he would continue to do that, we can stand firm and confident knowing that nothing will ever change that for us. Four promises, one amazing promise-keeping God, generation to generation. Now, earlier in our service, Rich told us a story of the promises that God gives to us and how they're relevant for us today and how we get to play a part in God's big story. Rich's story started and ended with Jesus's promise to Peter. Rich said that Jesus' promise to Peter is a promise that rings down the ages, generation to generation. And while the promise was to Peter, Jesus also promises to establish his church and that hell will not prevail. And that's got direct implications for us here at Gateway Church in 2020. And by the way, it's not for Rich and I to stand here today and say that it's time for us to pick up the torch. It's a torch that we've already been running with for almost 100 years. From 1925 to now, Jesus' Jesus promise to Peter has been something that we can testify to as well. A church that is being built globally from Jesus' commission around the world and the church that's being built physically here, Gateway Church, rooted in Paul, established in Jesus and a testament to God's faithfulness ever since. So Jesus' words to Peter have implications for us as well. And this is incredibly good news for us for two reasons. The first reason is that God is building his church. This is God's church and that is good news. When Gateway Church began almost 100 years ago, it wasn't birthed out of a good idea or for something to do, but because of an unswerving belief in the gospel of Jesus. Because a group of believers wanted to see the gospel preached and extended in Paul on Older Road and beyond. Generations later, we benefit from their faithfulness and God's faithfulness as he's built, sustained, grown and established us over many years. The second reason that it's good news for us is because Jesus' promise to Peter says that the gates of hell will not overcome it. This is strong language, isn't it? But Jesus means every word of it. Think about all that's happened since Jesus spoke those words to Peter. There have been wars and famines and natural disasters and plagues and economic disasters and world powers have risen and fallen. Yet the church has continued, prevailed and overcome and continues to this day. Think about all that's happened in Paul since 1925. There have been two world wars since then, a whole score of other wars as well as plagues and famines and things that we've had to go through here in the UK. But Gateway Church is still here. It's what leads us to be utterly convinced that even now, while we're all sat watching this at home, because there's a global pandemic going on, that the gates of hell will not prevail and that Gateway Church will continue. 
We can have hope even in this season. Gateway Church has been established and nothing will overcome it. And we need to hold on to that. God is working, even through this coronavirus situation, even though we might not see it, to continue to establish us. While our physical meetings have stopped, our resolve has not. Jesus' promises remain, and God is always, always in control. Even now, when it might not look that way. God ordained it, Jesus promised it, and we need to trust it, hold on to it, and live with it in mind. So with all that in mind, what do we do next? Well, at Gateway, the word of our year is faithful. And that's our charge to you again today, for us to be faithful to that commission all those years ago, to build God's church, to extend the gospel of Jesus, to hold on to the truth spoken in these verses and trust that God is about a bigger work than that which we can see as we're all physically separate. The gates of hell will not overcome. So what we do next is continue to be faithful, as we always have been, to the commission that we've been given. This church, by the way, is full of faithfulness. I've been here for nearly nine years now, and whilst I've been here, I have seen so many examples of your faithfulness to one another, the way that you give, the way that you are generous and servant-hearted and love one another. We are so thankful and grateful to each and every one of you who takes time to serve and help build this church. Rich and I, on behalf of all the elders, want to take this opportunity to stop and say thank you again. Because we know that that you take these words seriously, that Gateway Church isn't just a social club, but it's God's plan A for BCP and beyond, as we care for that which God has called us to. And we show God's love, share the gospel, and act in our church and in the local community to advance God's kingdom. So thank you, everyone. Our words to you now are that we're to remain faithful. We need to continue to be faithful generation to generation. Our next gen Sunday is a chance to recommission ourselves again, to go again, to underline our commitment to seeing Jesus preached in this church and beyond, and to make disciples from generation to generation. Often on Next Generation Sunday, we'll turn to Psalm 145 and read some of the words that David wrote. He writes this. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. We want to be faithful in our generation so that we can establish the next generation too. Gateway Church has been around for almost 100 years and my prayer is that it will still be going strong 100 years from now, after we've all been promoted to glory. I want those guys to be telling stories about us from the 1920s to the 2020s to the 2100s. And that only happens if we take our charge to tell the next generation seriously. We need to be instilling the gospel of Jesus in our children, telling friends, neighbours and colleagues about our faith and continue on our lifelong work of making disciples who can be added to this church and others around the world to see the gospel advance in our generation and prepare the way for the next. Kids, remember those rocks that we asked you to paint. 
earlier. Well, these are really important because we want you to play a big part in the future of Gateway Church. The same way that Jesus said to Peter, you're the rock on which I'm gonna build this church. We want you to be the rocks of Gateway Church in the future. So when you've painted your rocks, put them up in your bedroom so that you can look at them. And when you look at them, you can be reminded of God's promise to you and God's promise to the church. And you get to play a really special part in that. We need to be as unashamed as Peter was when he was asked who Jesus is. He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That's who we worship. That's who we put our trust in. That's who gives us life. And it's for us to unashamedly declare so. Like it says in Psalm 145, we need to be telling more stories of God's faithfulness, commending God's work to one another, inspiring one another, praising God together, speaking of God's deeds and righteousness and joyfully singing because of it. I'm so grateful for the stories that we've heard from some of our church members today. From Angie, who's been a member at Gateway Church for 50 years. And from Norma, who's been a member of Gateway Church for 60 years. Norma and Angie and others have seen generations come and go here as a testimony to, to the fact that God's people in Gateway Church have been faithful. 60 years from now, most of us won't be here anymore. But like Norma now, some of us might. There might be one person, one person who's even watching today, who will continue in this church for generations to come. And I want to speak directly to you now and say that you need to tell those guys about our faithfulness in this generation. Generation to generation, we need to be telling stories and sharing testimony of God's faithfulness. Tell them that we took Jesus' commission seriously and played our part and that we were faithful and committed to seeing God's church continue to be established for generations to come and not even coronavirus stopped us. And for those of us, likely myself included, who won't be here 60 years from now, it's for us to display that faithfulness, to be as unashamed as Peter was in declaring who Jesus is, and to trust that nothing will overcome what God has established, and that we would commend Jesus to one another, generation to generation, that 100 years from now, when Gateway Church is approaching its 200th anniversary, they'll have the same resolve as we do now.